Well, before we really get started here this morning, I'd like you to look around this room. Just look around. Let your eyes look at the walls and look at the ceiling and look at the stained glass and look around the sides and look up here in the front. This is like no other room that you're in unless you hang out in churches all day long. This is a different kind of space. This is a different kind of reality here. And I'm going to chat about that a little bit, which may seem a little do-do-do-do for you, but what county do you live in? I'm not even sure, Chris. (laughs) What do we do? We run around with a mirror. You live in Marin County, where we tend to think of things a little bit differently. For example, Robin Williams used to say, reality, what a concept. Well, we're going to explore that concept a little bit. You know, and it's nice to Time Magazine, by the way, I have to say, I have to thank them. Anybody here from Time? I want to thank you all for your cover this week on alternate realities. That's been a great help uh, to me. I don't understand a word of it, but it a great help. Um, have you ever had the feeling that you were in two places at once, at the same time? For instance, you're driving your car, and you almost get in an accident, but you don't. And you think, oh, that might have happened to somebody else. So in another time, in another place, or another me, or if I wasn't me, that could have happened to me. But it didn't happen to me. What about, what about if you're carrying a bowl across the room and at home and it's got something in it and it's a little slippery and you almost drop it, but you don't. And you think, oh my, I might have dropped that in another space, another time, another place. That could have gone everywhere. Or sometimes, now this is just not just a geriatric disclaimer here, but how many of us have had the opportunity or the experience of meeting someone who we know we've met before? They are so familiar to us, and we've never met them before. And yet, sometimes that raises questions in our mind. What's going on here? Well, You know, there's architectural spaces that direct our thinking, like home, our house, our office, school. I mean, look at the legions, the legions of young children who are thinking, summer's almost over. Going back to school, I remember that. You know, if I hadn't had a birthday in September, it would have been a black month for me, boy. It was amazing how different spaces, like a museum or like a theater, your parents told you you had to behave differently in these different spaces, and there were things you could do other places, but you couldn't do there. You know, when you get into these kinds of spaces our sense of time and our sense of space are altered. 
For example, you come into church. What do we talk about? We talk about over and over and over again. We talk about eternity. And you say to yourself, I'm having a tough time here. What do you mean forever? Don't we? I mean, we do. You listened to the lessons this morning. And Paul picked it up and laid it down. The gospel, for example, he said in otherworldly language, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Uh, Pardon me, excuse me, but do you hear people talk like that every day? No, you don't. It's a different kind of language. It's a different kind of spirit. It's a different kind of reality, if you will. You know, we, we have a view of the world and a view of ourself and a view of life and a view of others that have different perspectives attached to them. And you can call those perspectives realities, if you will. But listen to the language that we use. Take the program home with you and read through the gospel again. Read through what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus. This language is not of this world and this dimension. It presumes that we know something, that we know about living differently. And it presumes that we're going to act differently. We're going to act eternally instead of temporally. You know, we don't think and act in our daily lives on an eternal level very often. We think work thoughts, or we think school thoughts, or we think home thoughts. Or we think driving thoughts, or shopping thoughts, or vacation thoughts. Those dwell in us. They are temporal. They are now. They are things which we are planning to do, or would like to do, or would hope to do. But they're in the now. And yet we come along in the church and we talk, about a different kind of thoughts, eternal thoughts. You and I live in a world, and yet we hear about this other dimension a lot. You know, it's kind of interesting to me to look at the the world of science, which I don't claim to understand, I struggled through physics and chemistry, I will confess, biology. But I'm fascinated by it. The reason I'm fascinated by it is that really, uh, those really are the footprints of the creator. You know, you can, you can talk about evolution and you can talk about, you know, uh, divine creation. And yet, if you take all of that and put it over here and you say from an eternal point of view, uh, tell me again about DNA. 
How does DNA fit into that? You know, it's just, we live in this age of rolling revelation. We live in this age of things that we now know that people didn't know 10 years ago. You know, those people down at Google are not sitting on their hands. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> the stuff that they come up with. My, my niece is married to a Googleer. And, this, you know, I say, so, Corey, what are you doing? You know, you, you wouldn't understand it. I said, well, give me the children's version. And he kind of explains some of the things that they're doing. Oh, my word. You know, oh, my word. The things that they're looking at, and the, the questions that they're asking, they're in a different space. They're in a different kind of dimension. You know, look at Paul in Ephesus, uh, speaking to the Ephesians in uh, uh, our first lesson today. He gives, us, he gives us advice on how to make it in this dimension. Okay, you're living in this dimension? Let me tell you what you need to do. And he says... Tell the truth. What? You're starting with the hard part first. Tell the truth. Control anger. What? Control anger. Stop stealing. I mean, don't, don't you love that? I mean, I love that. Well, we just got through this problem. You stop stealing and uh, start making things and giving them to the poor. What's the problem? He's thinking in terms of this dimension. So don't talk evil about people and to people. Tears them down. You don't want to tear them down. You want to build them up. Put away bitterness. Put away wrath. Put away wrangling. I kind of, I thought we were wranglers when we pushed our cattle around. That's what I thought we were doing. I guess he doesn't mean that. Put away slander. Put away malice. Be kind to one another. When I was in seminary, there was a local evangelist who had a sort of a Pentecostal church called, uh, called himself Lord Narciss. And I don't know if any of you had the opportunity to go See Lord Narcissus, but a couple of my classmates and I would go down and visit every once in a while. And he, he was a wonderful, very large man. And he'd get up and say, Nacho! It's nice to be nice. You understand that? It's nice to be nice. If you're not nice, people won't be nice to you. And he'd build a whole hour sermon on that. You know, be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Be giving. Be kind. You know, it's amazing to me how you walk into a store or you walk into an automobile service department or you, any place out there and you see people who are not very nice. And I don't mean the people that work there. See, people who come in and they get, you know, wroth. 
You all know that my favorite joke, almost of all time, you know, is the fellow who walks up to the United Airlines counter and wants counter wants to be upgraded, and the woman behind the counter says, "I'm sorry, we can't do that." And he says, "Do you know who I am?" And she picks up the. You've all heard this. He picks up the PA system and says. Uh, this is the United Airlines counter number 43 in Terminal 5. We have a man here who has no idea who he is. <laughs> if anybody could help identify this man, that would be very helpful. I think of that constantly. I think of that constantly when you see people who are acting out some of that stuff of not being very nice to one another. You know, so what do we do? What do we do with this stuff? Okay, Paul, gotcha. What do we do with this? Well, one of the things we do is we pay attention. We pay attention. I mean, most of us walk through life like we're asleep. Wake up. You pay attention. Listen to our, our Buddhist friends who are saying, be mindful. We can't let Mill Valley walk away with the world. Be mindful. You know, way out comes. Is this a temporal or is this an eternal situation that I'm in? Well, I'll give you a clue. They're all eternal. They're all eternal. People say, well, you you don't understand. It's a matter of life and death. Well, death is eternal. Well, you might die. Well, yeah. Is that so bad? You know, I mean, we Christians believe weird stuff, you know. When you signed up at baptism, I don't know if you read the whole contract. But it's, uh, you know, we put water on you that uh, introduced you to eternal life, and then we put oil on you, which sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You're in trouble because you're living eternally. That's the demand. So choose eternal and Paul, if you're a little shaky on what that is, Paul will remind you. You could, you could cut out this little piece, you know, in the program and just put it in your pocket. And you'd go, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I think I'll be kind. Would you mind if I'm kind to you today, sir? Ma'am? No. You know, it, it, I'll tell you a wonderful thing about being almost 80. I'll tell you, it's fun. You can stay stuff that you would not catch yourself saying, when you were 16. Like, I'm going to be kind to you today. Can you handle it? <gasps> you know, I mean, you, it's, it's marvelous to state the obvious. Talk about these alternate realities with your family and with your close friends. If they're people you don't know very well, they, you might frighten them. I'm assuming I know you all pretty well, so... It, don't get nervous. Finally, finally, what are we here for? What, what are we doing here? What, what is worship for? What, how, does it, how does it help all of this? Okay, well, we have scripture, and the purpose of the scripture is to teach. Hopefully we'll learn something and expose you to some things you might not have thought about, expose you to a little language that might be a little different than what you use every day. Um, so the, the scripture. Uh, we have music. 
There she is. We have music to transport you, to transport you from here to there. Notice I didn't point up, because it isn't up. It's there. It's here. It's to transport you from one state of being to another, transport you from one mindset to another, transport you from being temporal into being eternal, and lots of other stuff. The Eucharist, it's not for solace only, but for strength. You all hear that? We say that over and over again. Think of the bread and wine as battle rations for eternal life. The congregation, that's us. That's all of us. We're here to support one another. That's what we're here for. We're here to support one another and love one another. You know, this architecture here is hopefully designed to support everything I've said. That's what it's for. Can you handle that? Amen.